How do I meet my soulmate? How do I move on from heartbreak? Does my dream relationship even exist? Are, are dating apps the only way I can meet people? Are all relationships this hard? This is Between the Sheets with Dr. Love. Each week, your host dives into sex, love, dating, relationships, and everything in between. Welcome to Between the Sheets with Dr. Love. everyone it's me dr love and welcome to another episode of between the sheets with me dr love so i wanted to talk about today dating yeah and why you just keep dating the same person over and over again now i know new year's eve had just gone by can you believe it we're already in you know the end of february nearly And you started the new year with a resolution of thinking, you know what, I'm going to really get this dating game sorted. But you're a little bit worried that you're actually going to keep doing the same thing in your dating circle. So let's look at your history, right? So when you look back at your dating history and possibly the partner you're with now, can you notice any similarities between your exes or your current partner? Is there anything that really stands out for you? Is there any certain characteristic, maybe a couple of them, that you know when you look at them, you are undeniably attracted to that? So you know that in a potential partner, that is something you just can't shake. So Our dating history really does say a lot about us. It says a lot about how we perceive people, how we want to engage with them romantically, and it could be just a physical feature. You know, they all have a similar look. Uh, It could be a type of personality you're over. They all like, you know, act the same or do certain things the same way, have the same type of humor. It could even be like occupations or industries that they're working in or working, uh, you know, they come from. Really, when you look at your relationships, there has to be some type of commonality between and beneath the surface of all of your relationships or anywhere in your love life. And these tell us so much more than we think. We don't even take notice of them. We just sort of have a type. We really like that type of person and we go there. But we don't really, we're not really making a conscious decision all the time around that. So, you know, what does it mean to have a type? Well, it can be really apparent for some people, more so than others. But in the end, we all have a certain type of person that we're attracted to, probably more so than the rest of the dating pool. So if you had a bunch of, you know, let's say you're a woman and there's a bunch of available men, you would tend to gravitate towards your type in that dating pool, in that pool of men that are available, yeah? So while there are potentially plenty of dates out there for you, right, that pool is full, you will hone in to the few who stand out to you in the crowd and they're the ones that you're going to pursue. So you could have 100 guys standing in front of you but the three of them that are your type stand out and they're the ones that you would be willing to give your attention to or pursue, okay? For some, having a type is and can be a really good thing. You know, traits and characteristics that they're attracted to could be really admirable qualities, really good qualities in a guy. But there are other things that we could be attracted to in a person or a type that could be detrimental to your love life, to your mental health, to your emotional well-being. So there is 
There is a time in dating when we are completely making the same mistake over and over again with the sort of same person in a different body and we make these same mistakes. Falling for people that maybe mistreat you, make you feel anxious, they fail to provide love and care that you deserve. So there's a theme here. You know, one relationship might be neglectful and the next one uh, they're not available. The next one, they might be too busy for you, but it's all that theme, unavailability, like what's going on? You know, you're not getting the love and care you deserve. So while you might have a type that includes, you know, particular physical traits like hair color or body shape or tattoos, personality really is the big player here. Personality generally plays a big role when it comes to who we want to be with. You may like to be with a partner who's easygoing, agreeable. You might want someone who will challenge you, you know, be spontaneous in the relationship, or you might really want someone with some drive and ambition. And all these traits can be considered really good in a sense, but when they're taken to the extreme, they can be really disruptive and destructive to the relationship the relationship bubble or the relationship health and even your own personal health. So anything in extremes is probably a red flag. So why is it that we have a type? What is it? Why are we attracted to this, whether it's good, bad? Most of the time when we talk about type, we're talking about women that have been with men or other women and they always walk away feeling hurt, taken advantage of, um, hard done by, and they're just like, you know, what is it with me? I continuously date the same person over and over again. I give up on dating. I'm not doing any more. I shut the gates. So why do you have a type? Well, really, there's a a few reasons. You know, a type can stem from a number of circumstances in your life. Usually it's, you know, usually the people we have romantic feelings for can either blossom from our environments and how we grow up. Okay. So it's, it, this isn't easy to say that we can't be attracted to people outside of our social circle or different to the way we've grown up, but it's very common that we are attracted to people that, and things that are familiar. So most people find things that are familiar comforting. And even if that means dysfunction, if dysfunction has been something that has happened in your life continuously, there is a familiar comfort with that, even though there's some discomfort in that toxic behavior. It's like this double-edged sword. It doesn't feel very good, but it also feels familiar. And we are creatures of habit. We would rather stay with something that's familiar and something that we can, you know, dictate or determine or foresee than something new and scary that we have no clue about. So generally, we tend to be attracted to those that are similar to ourselves or the surroundings that we've grown up in. So having common upbringings and family values can be a really big factor when it comes to finding a partner and where we look for them. Some people can be attracted to those who remind them of their parents. And I know it sounds gross, like yuck, I would never be with anyone like my mom or my dad, but it's the qualities and behaviors that we become so familiar with that we've watched them have this relationship, whether it be good or bad. And we take some of that in our adult lives into the way we do relationships. And some people can be attracted to anyone 
that, you know, reminds them of the way they have done life previously or as a child. Okay. So if your household was really unstable or your parents weren't really around much, you might find yourself unintentionally, because logically you're like, I do, I don't want that. But unintentionally, you actually seek a partner you want to, you know, maybe help out a little bit more or give you the attention you didn't receive when you were growing up. And this can be a problem because you have so many unresolved issues around your relationship with the first people you've, you know, met in your life, your parents, that you bring it into now the relationships you have currently or in your past. If your household was held up by your mother's shoulders, like she was the one that ran the, you know, called the shots, ran the show, you actually might be attracted to someone who probably take care of you. Or you could, on the contrary, take on your mother's role and be the caretaker. So you taking care of your partner in all avenues in your family. And that's a possibility as well. So it can go two ways. And, and you see this a lot in relationships around, you know, domestic violent relationships. So when children have grown up in families like that, they can go either way. They can actually side or um, identify with the aggressor and, you know, possibly pick up some behaviors from the aggressor in the relationship or, you know, find themselves being the victim and being with someone that is taking advantage of them emotionally, spiritually, physically, psychologically. So it can go two ways, but very much so the way that we've witnessed relationships does carry on and gives us the foundation and the groundwork of how we're going to do relationships right now and what type of person we are going to be with. So you hear, you know, I hear often, you know, I never ever want to do a relationship like my parents. And then when we work through the relationships that, um, you know, some of my clients bring to the table, most of the relationships we have worked on are actually identical to what's happened for them growing up. Now, it could be the relationship they had with a parent where they're replicating a scenario that, you know, one parent was absent and they, you know, continuously date men or women that are absent. So a relationship as they know it, whether it was between mum and dad or whether it was between themselves and one of their caregivers, that is what's happening. So how do you break the habit? How do you recognize what you're doing? How do you recognize this is my type? And how do you break your, let's call it the type habit? Okay. So if you have a type that's causing you pain and suffering over and over again, you'll probably want to consider attempting to break the habit for good because you're probably done by now. And you're probably ready to steer towards people who will treat you better. And I know it's easily said than done because you're like, well, how do I find them? Where are those people? How do I attract them? But you really need to be thinking about the history of your relationships, your dating history. You know, has it got a pattern of abuse, anxiety, self-doubt, distrust? And really when you start to identify those things, that's the first point of core. And then you can start to break them down and work out what are the toxic traits that 
I'm attracted to even if I don't like them. It's so hard to admit that we are addicted to some toxic traits. Unfortunately, it's not ideal, but some of us are. And it's okay to put your hand up and say, hey, that's me. I know I've gone through it is, you know, being addicted to some of these toxic traits and having to pull myself up and go, hey, 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 that's something that is not in my best interest. And it's really hard to pull away from it. So when you find a partner that has similar, but a different personality, it can really be, it's really comforting. So when you find a partner that has similar but different personalities to you, it can present like comfort or it could be familiar, which is really good. And it means that they're similar enough for you to feel comfortable, but different enough that you're not going to feel pain and suffering like you have in your previous relationships. And that's what we're looking for. The key is it's okay to be a little bit similar, but it's okay also to have a lot of differences in some areas. Okay. The main thing is, is the things that you value in life and in your relationships. And you may value traits like honesty and ambition. And, and that's great because you had that with an ex, but unfortunately it moved into being brutally honest. So your ex was honest, but he was brutally honest and he would translate that into being really hurtful, such as like probably commenting on your outfit, your stretch marks, your appearance, your intelligence, the way you hold yourself, the way you go to work, how you make money, how you don't make money, how you parent, whatever it is. So he was brutally honest with you. So he fit into the traits that you like, but to the extreme, like we were talking about earlier. But with a new partner, and as you start to see these traits, you can sense their honesty and ambition, but make sure it's at a moderate level. These are safe ways that will offer you some comfort without feeling disrespected, judged, or belittled. And that's what you want. You want to have similarity enough to feel comfortable, but different from what you've had, because what you've had hasn't served you. So it means that you're going to have to meet someone that doesn't feel or fit with you initially. It feels uncomfortable, like it doesn't gel, like, oh, it just feels a bit wrong. But you work through the awkwardness until you get it. Work giving him or her a go. You know what? This feels awkward and it's not something that I would normally do, but I'm going to do it this time because I need to do something different to get a different result. I am single and I'm really upset and I've been hurt enough times that I don't want to keep repeating the same thing over and over again. So I want you to remember there are variations when it comes to your type and who you're attracted to. And while finding the person who will offer you solace and balance in your attraction and how you deserve to be treated is going to be difficult to start with. It can be difficult to determine how these traits will play out through the relationship. I was just speaking to someone today and she had just met someone after, you know, a long time of being closed off to relationships because she had been, you know, extremely hurt in two very serious relationships and she was done. And she finally decided to open up her heart to someone. And he said and done all the right things, ticked all her boxes. And she really felt like he was a different type of person she had dated previously. 
And she said to me, you know what, it's not normally what I would go for, but I'm going to give it a go. And that's what she did. And I'm really, you know, to say very proud of her because that takes some strength and courage to sit through feeling uncomfortable, but also sitting through really great feeling. She was treated great, treated like a queen and still is. Okay. Um, obviously we'll watch this space because it's very difficult for her to determine, you know, within the, the first four weeks of this relationship, how these traits will play out for him. If they are something of just talk and, you know, behavior doesn't follow through, it's going to be something that now she's aware of the type of person that she does date. Will this type play out in this relationship now that she's in it? So being able to navigate the type you're attracted to and how to handle all these extremities is really tough. But because now you're going to open up the space of self-awareness and knowing that you know, what are your, what are your types? What is it about the past relationships and the current relationships that you love? And obviously now you must think you deserve better. You must think that you should be treated better. Otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You wouldn't be reaching out to me. You wouldn't be reading the posts because you're like, you know what, there's got to be another way. There's got to be another option. I can't just shut shop just because somebody hurt me, that's giving that person the power to determine how I live the rest of my life. I will change the rest of my life because one person decided to not do the right thing by me. I'm being ripped off. I'm I'm handing my life to that person. I might as well have stayed with him. Okay. So being able to navigate the type you're attracted to and handle these extremes can be tough, but you now know what you deserve. You know now how you want to be treated. And this is going to help you break the bad habits once and for all. But I will say it's not easy. Put yourself out there. Be open and vulnerable when you can. You might get hurt, but you might not. Understand what type you like. Take the good things from your type and probably look for the different things that, you know, in a, in a partner that have been hurting you in the past. And reach out to me. I, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear about what type you have and how that affected your life and how it's different now for you. What have you done that's helped you make uh, a different decision in relationships? Have you gone with someone that's totally not your type and you're totally in love and you can't believe it because you would have never thought you would end up with someone like that, which is a beautiful story. So I want you to shout out to me, send me a message, email, DM me, whatever it is. But I want to hear all your stories around type and love life. Okay. So I'm going to leave you at that. I'll see you on the next episode. This is Dr. Love. Thanks for listening to the podcast with Dr. Love. For all show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, head to www.drlove.com. That's D-R-L-U-R-V-E.com. Got a question for Dr. Love? Email her at ask at doctor.love.com. Love the show. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review or share it with your friends. Thanks for listening, lovers. We'll see you on the next episode. This is Between the Sheets with Dr. Love.